Hi, welcome to the Eternity Archives, an actual play podcast where we take on the role of archivists, working for an interdimensional library that catalogs and protects the fabric of reality. As archivists, we are tasked with journeying out into the realms, taking on characteristics of people from that reality, and remedying whatever issues may be causing a disturbance in the dimension. Every arc, we will be playing a different RPG, maybe even returning to systems we like later on, but this is a fun way for us as players and you as listeners to explore and learn about different tabletop systems. We'll discuss the rules, create sheets for our characters, and play a short campaign to get a feel for the game. Afterwards, we'll do a bit of discussion. We'll talk about what we liked and didn't like, and what we'd know to do better next time. My name is Babby, and I am playing Riddle de Drakel. They are a tiefling nerd baby. I'm Ziva, and I am playing Linda, the lovable human office lady. And I'm Dorka. I play Zen, the barbarian lizard princess. Let's get down to some actual playing. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah, let's go, boys. This, this is the Eternity Archives. Welcome to One Shot of Palooza 2. One shot of Tolusa. That's right, for the next month, we're going to be putting on the main feed all of the one-shots we put on our Patreon. You feel bad that you haven't heard these yet? You can you can join our Patreon for as low as a dollar, Control Group Pod, on the Patreon. Support us. And if you don't, you're minimalizing black voices in the community. <laughs> but One Shot of Palooza is something we did last year, where we played a bunch of one-shots with various friends of ours, and we're doing it again, so... Come listen to new systems, um, some indie, some for the micro RPG book, and come listen to some very awesome and colorful players. So, without further ado, one shot of Toulouse. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Control Group. Welcome to another episode of One Shot of Palooza 2, One Shot of Toulouse. Today, we're testing out Heartbeats, a GMless system by Keith Baker and Jen Ellis. It's a game of medical drama. I am Dennis Verray, and today I'll be playing a doctor of some sort. All I know right now is that her name is Olivia Tate. With me, I've got some players and their characters, if you guys wouldn't mind introducing yourselves and maybe your doctor's name. Hi, I'm Ezra. I will be playing a dentist who is scared of teeth, and her name is Tiffany, and I just made that up. Hi, I'm Anna Marie Carlson. I uh, do some other podcasting stuff. I don't know. I exist. Uh, And today I will be playing Alex McBoneheart, Uh, and that is all that I know about Alex McBoneheart, but that's heart with a T, Uh, Alex McBoneheart. (laughs) All right, wonderful. My name is Kate, and today I will be playing Dr. Bean, uh, first name Ladala, Dr. Ladala Bean. Wonderful. So for Heartbeats, what we're doing is we're producing a medical drama, and this is our first card system, so I'm very excited to test this up. So there's a nice little table from which you can draw inspiration for your doctor. So I'm going to go ahead and start it off by rolling up uh, Olivia Tate's kind of general backstory right now. 
So the first thing is what her specialty is. So Olivia Tate is a podiatrist, a foot doctor. Her defining trait... I rolled, or I drew a two, which gave me podiatrist. Her defining trait is that she is famous. She's a world famous <laughs> podiatrist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's not those the most world famous, famous feet. <laughs> I, I just, I was trying to think of like the most famous foot I could think of. <laughs> and I, she's I got in hot nothing. demand for the OnlyFans crowd. <laughs> yep, she really is. It's really blowing up, and that's why she's blowing up as a doctor. <laughs> and uh, a relationship I'm going to have with one of the doctors is I drew another two, is I'm going to be related to one of these doctors. So we'll see how that works out. I'm playing Dr. Lodala Bean. I'm a dermatologist, but I'm pretty new, pretty green, uh, and I'm married to one of these doctors. Okay. Right, let's see. Dr. Uh, McBoneheart uh, is, I drew an eight, which is uh, an OBGYN. Great. <laughs> Love that. Love it. <laughs> Love that for McBoneheart. Uh, and <laughs> defining trait is they are brilliant. Oh. We have obnoxious genius doctor in the house. <laughs> and my relationship to a- another doctor here. Unrequited love. Poor McBoneheart. <laughs> oh. oh. Is it reciprocated? Sad. Find out. <laughs> Find out next week here on Heartbeats. And then I did mine ahead of session and I got a dentist who is timid and then I just rolled my relationship which I actually rolled a king which has killed their patient which is what I wanted so I <laughs> killed another doctor's patient which is why Miss Tiffany insert last name here is uh, terrified of teeth now it happens though yeah, if you've been following along with the plot of Heartbeats, this has been a tragic tale. And it's, it's a, it such might be a tragic Tiffany, tale. insert last names, <laughs> you know, moment to shine. <laughs> That's just Tiffany's actual last name is insert last name. She's Dr. Insert last name. Yes, absolutely. It's <laughs> on her birth certificate. <laughs> I'm writing it down. It's too late. <laughs> she comes from a long line of insert last names. Exactly. Last names. Yep who have all been dentists, so this is what makes it most jarring. That oh. the thing their family loves most being She was their prodigy. Absolute prodigy until the death TM. And now she doesn't know if she could do it ever again, but she's gonna have to. <sighs> I imagine the like intake person at Ellis Island just like really phoning it in that day. Like, <laughs> uh, insert last name here. Like, insert last uh, you know, something, there's like two families in a row. Something was really yeah. lost in translation. Yeah. <laughs> we zoom down on Sappho Memorial Hospital right in the heart of Hartford, Connecticut. It's a prestigious and righteous hospital with only the best in every field working out of it. Patients are brought in from around the country for cases that often can't be solved by your regular doctor. But the doctors in Heartbeats, 
oh, they always solve it. At the end of 42 minutes plus commercials, <laughs> they always solve the case. Never been an episode? Never? Where they didn't solve it? Okay, there was that one season finale where they didn't solve it. Yeah, thank and everyone's you. like, holy fuck, did you see that episode exactly. where they didn't solve it? That's, it's my that's favorite. Actually, that's actually when Tiffany, insert last name here, killed her patient. She didn't solve Ooh, it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, that's why it's my she was favorite. Brought on as a consult. Yeah, yep. brought on as a consult and <laughs> killed a patient, and oof, things have never been the same. Yeah, fandom still talks about it to this day. There's wars, <laughs> wars in the comments. Yeah, it's a really divisive episode. Actually, you can tell a real fan of Heartbeats by whether they have an opinion on season four, episode twenty-three. I love this deep lore that is already being <laughs> constructed. <laughs> yeah, this has nothing to do with the actual uh, structure we're playing today. This is just us being goofs. But yeah, our listeners know they know they've watched Heartbeats. You know? They've yeah. totally seen Heartbeats after the cancellation of Estomagosi Corazones are. Passion de la Passion uh, episodes, like, they need something else to fill the void. Thank and you. Heartbeats has really been working that. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> zoom down in a busy hospital setting as we get towards the front desk. We see a woman of small frame. She has, you know, light brown hair uh, with natural gray working its way throughout. She's a little bit older. She's got thin lips and an often cold demeanor. But we see Dr. Olivia Tate looking over her charts for the day. Olivia, you know, world-famous podiatrist, is in high demand. If you've got a major foot problem, there's only one place to go. And it's Sappho Memorial Hospital. And you ask directly for Dr. Tate. We see a patient being brought in on a gurney as nurses and EMS teams are working nonstop. We have a patient who is flatlining because of a foot problem. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh no. Um, Ezra, you'll be playing my patient. Would you like to describe your patient for me? Yes. I'm I'm flatlining. I just <laughs> I stub you know stubbing your toe. And 3 a.m. in the morning, you dan you don't see your bed. You just mm right in the pinky toe. It hurts. I stubbed my toe so bad that I went into cardiac arrest and I have not recovered since. It sent a whole shock up my entire spine to my brain and my body thinks that I am dead because of how hard I kicked my bed at three in the morning. Are you, are you a Jane Doe in this case or a John Doe? Uh, I am Steve Glasson kicked the bed so hard that he is now flatlining. So as Steve Glasson is being moved throughout the halls, Olivia Tate gets word of this. One of her nurses let them know that you've been rushed in to Sappho Memorial Hospital um, after kicking the bed and then <laughs> essentially going comatose ever since. <laughs> as the gurney is being brought around, Olivia Tate whips into action jumping onto the gurney itself as the nurses are moving it into the correct room. Alright, we've got a live one. I'm going to try something risky. I need you all to keep the gurney as smooth as possible as we're going through this hallway. I'm gonna try a double knuckle dectomy. 
as Olivia's gonna whip back the sheet that's covering Steve's toes, revealing them. Would you like to describe these toes for me, Steve? Oh, they are the cutest fucking toes you've ever seen. <laughs> like, they're perfect button toes. Like, if this man posted on OnlyFans, you don't even know the amount, like, could be on the same level as Olivia in terms of fame okay. with how fucking pristine these toes are. Minus the one that is shattered. I'm going to say with this reveal, Olivia is taken back a little bit. She did not expect this. And, like, as a doctor, as we all know, we have our oath, you know. But I think Olivia is seeing this as, like, another case to fame. Like, if she can manage to save Steve here, like, that's only just going to catapult her further into the acclaim and money she's earned. So she has a little bit of a crisis of faith as we're going through it. And, you know, for the first time in her life, as she's reaching for the toes, her hands are shaking. I'm going to draw a card uh, to see how I'm going to resolve this scene. In this system, you can either draw red or black with our cards. Red means the scene went well and kind of in my favor. Black means the scene did not go so well and um, something bad might happen. So I drew a seven of diamonds, which is a red card. So as Olivia's reaching in for these toes... She's still a professional at heart. She didn't get this worldly, famous acclaim being some kind of hack. She reaches in, she grabs in one hand the sole of Steve's foot, and in her other hand she grips around the big toe itself. You know, kind of pulling it, kind of like a bop it really <laughs> as she's attempting this very serious and very hard <laughs> double knuckledectomy <laughs> as she leans in close as she's specifically listening for a certain a specific knuckle to crack in the metatarsals of Steve's foot and as they go through luckily the nurses have been really good about clearing corners and getting people out of the way and by the time they make it into the room Olivia jumps off the bed and the nurses are looking at her in suspense. I think it went splendidly as they finally push the gurney and they switch the gurney onto the bed itself and hook Steve back up to the EKG. The flat line stops and then kicks back up. Beep 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 as Steve has stabilized. The nurses clap. <laughs> And Olivia bows, as is her nature. <laughs> we'll now <laughs> cut away to dentist DDS <laughs> Tiffany, insert last name. Uh, what are you up to, Tiffany? So I walk in early in the morning. Uh, I have to get everything ready to go. I have a sheet of all of my patients, and I must take my usual 30 minutes in the janitor closet cry session um, to prepare myself for the day. So, I'm mid-cry, um, just very... Oof, I have to touch and look at teeth and not kill someone today. Um, pressure is completely on. I This has been my process for about three months now of just crying every morning. Um, but I make it, 30 minutes are done, um, I, I hold my head up high, and I walk forward to my first patient, who 
is a hypochondriac. You head into, you've only got two appointments on the book, unfortunately, for the day in the, the dentistry wing. Unfortunately, Dr. Insert last name uh, hasn't been in hot demand ever since <laughs> the incident. season four, episode 23. Yes. <laughs> yep, the incident, as we like to call it around the hospital. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> People you can hear go through her that cry. very stereotypical house cold open of uh, you're dealing with the hypochondriac. So you see him there in his chair. God, I actually need a moment to look up the specific character actor I'm thinking of. <laughs> it's Richard Kind. Uh, Richard Kind is your patient. <laughs> They're in there. Uh, feel free to stop the podcast. Go look up Richard Kind. You do know him. You've seen him and stuff. Yes, I just looked him up. I have seen him in stuff. <laughs> and Richard Kind is kind of, he's got his fingers in his mouth, fish hooking around to be like, uh, Dr. Can't you see, if you just look that there, I promise you, I promise you, that's where you'll find the cyst. That was disgusting. I don't know why I did that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very good impression. Oh my god. Please, will you just look back there? I lean in like, Almost comedically, like, head in mouth. Um, I see the teeth. I am touching the teeth with my gloves. Um, and I uh, have to take a moment because I'm, again, about to cry as I touch these teeth. But I get it under control and I look all the way to the back. And for some reason, there is just the world's smallest rubber duck just... <laughs> In one of these teeth, like where a cavity hole should be, is just a tiny rubber duck. and The absolute tiniest rubber duck. Yes. And as you draw back, uh, mostly in surprise, you actually hear a knocking on the door of the exam room. I greatly take a moment uh, to say, I will be right back, I'm gonna get this door. Um, just to well, process what I something back see. there? As you're going to the door. Uh, <laughs> I ignore it. Because <laughs> I <laughs> am processing. You open up the door. You actually, you take a nice deep breath in. Mm-hmm. A nice deep breath out before you open the door. And you see your ever-faithful nurse, Fabian. And Fabian's there, dressed in his pink scrubs. And he goes, I'm so sorry to uh, bother you, Dr. Insert last name. Um, but it seems we have a bit of emergency in uh, call room four. Um, they're actually asking for you, specifically. They're, they're asking for me? For me? Me? Yes. Yes, they, they specifically said we need Dr. Insert last name here. And, and I know, and I know, I've, I've fallen for that prank so many times in the hospital. They get me a lot with that. And it seems like a joke, and you know, honestly, it gets a little lost in translation. But um, this time, not a prank. <laughs> and it, it has something to do with teeth. They they need me to to look at another patient. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it even has to deal with teeth. Um, they did not give me a lot of information. Great. I turn back to the other person in the room. I go, "Yes, you do." And I, <laughs> I go, "Yes, you do." And I walk out. <laughs> <laughs> And I follow. As he's still, as he's still fish hooked in his mouth, you can hear yelling from the call room as you're walking away. <laughs> My doctor insert lane blast here, <laughs> and then the door shuts and you can't hear him anymore. As you're brought into call room three, uh, you see another patient 
Kate, if you'll mind, if you don't mind describing this patient and what kind of condition they're in currently. Uh, yes. So, uh, this patient is, her name is Mrs. Turney and she's, you know, this kind of slight woman wearing like a, a cardigan over a little, um, like a white shirt with a black cardigan over it, like very kind of put together. She has very sleek, straight hair, kind of perfectly done makeup, not like too much makeup though, just like a little bit of makeup that's very well done. And she just looks like this very proper woman. And I drew a card. Should I say what card I drew for what the patient Um, is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead. So I drew an ace of spades, which means I have... Mrs. Turney has an impossible case. So I I just see um, Dr. Tiffany, insert last name, and I say, oh, thank God you're here. I have, I have this thing where, I don't know, it's like every time I want to say certain things, I um, just kind of get a, a feeling kind of down, down there. That's, that's not bad. Uh, it, it's actually rather good, but it's just, it just kind of happens, uh, at times that I don't want it to, I guess. And, and I, I haven't been able to distinguish any type of pattern. So Tiffany hears this and she, she does oppose knuckle, knuckle to lips, looking down very intensely and while she immediately thinks that this this might involve teeth, she takes a deep breath and goes, Yes, we'll see what we can do. Mrs. Beth Turney. So she walks up, takes a few steps, and just goes, Mrs. Turney, when did this start happening? About a month ago. And what did you say? I, well, it started when I was talking about, um, so I, I'm really into gardening, and I was just like talking about my tulips and it just like came out of nowhere. And I've been to multiple other doctors and they haven't been able to do anything. And, and I just, you know, I heard that at Sappho Memorial Hospital, anything that they have the best doctors in the world. So here I am. All right. We're going to figure out what this is. And she turns around to the counter and finds a blank page on a notebook and she flips it up and slams it down in front of you just full of energy because she thinks she can finally do something like do a case without freaking out and she hands you a pen and paper and she goes everything you've said in the past month i need to hear all of it but i won't make you say it just write it all out okay I think at this point, uh, I'll have Ezra draw a card to see how the scene resolves. I got a heart. Nine of hearts. So I think this scene resolves out wonderfully. I believe Mrs. Beth Turney is able to write down a fair list. She's got a pretty solid memory, so she can write down a pretty solid Mm -hmm. list of the words she has said in the past month. (laughs) She goes through it. She catalogs every conversation. She moves through this as she just starts whipping through the pages like a nice montage in a Shakespearean (laughs) biopic (laughs) as... (laughs) She gets a very nice and finite list of the words she said in the past month for you. You take it back to your uh, study to start looking over the words and see if you can pinpoint it at this moment. 
the scene fades as we go to commercial, and we come back on a new doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we come back on Dr. Nick Bonehart. Uh, <laughs> Anna Marie, if you'll describe Alex McBonehart for us. Yeah, Alex McBonehart is um, a very energetic but quirky doctor. Uh, they are brilliant and are known just for their obsession with the um, female reproductive system. Uh, and just really a next level understanding of uh, everything related to that reproductive system. And they are known for just incredible saves in childbirth, but then being entirely indifferent to the born child because they are um, just a genius focused on just uh, just the reproductive system. And once that byproduct yeah. of reproduction has been produced, they're just, they're not interested. It does not matter anymore. No. It's the end of the system, thus it does not matter. Yes. <laughs> uh, as you're working away in your study, looking over your tomes of medicine, uh, learning all you can about the reproductive system, one of your colleagues knocks on the door. Sylvia, one of your colleagues in the department, uh, peeks her head through. Um, is this a good time for you? Uh, I don't react because I'm I'm focused on the research with a capital R. Doctor, Doctor McBoneheart, Doctor McBoneheart, Alex. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What's up? <laughs> uh, we've got a case for you. A case. Is that a good one? Mm, I guess you'll just have to see, as she just waves the file in front of her face coyly. Uh, I sort of am, I don't notice that this is sort of a fun little flirty moment <laughs> from Sylvia here. Uh, for the fans at home, will they, won't they? They won't. Alex does not. <laughs> Alex is not paying attention, not interested, purely focused on the vagina. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> I instead uh, am like, okay, great, tell me about it. Uh, as you guys, immediate smash cut to the classic medical drama walk talk as you're moving down the hallways of the hospital. It's not something you've seen before as she hands you the file and you open it up to a bit of the shock as you see the patient name, Wilson, comma, Owen. <laughs> Owen Wilson? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> I have no interest uh, in anyone who, uh, I, I don't know. Just a Wes Anderson movie, or uh, you, oh. you've never seen a single Wes Anderson movie, Shanghai Nights? Uh, not enough of the uh, female reproductive system for me. I've seen, um, what movie, and there's not enough childbirth in movies, actually, in general, as, a, as, a, as an out-of-character moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a big TV yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I have completely <laughs> lost track of the scene. Uh, that's my bad. But that is in character. So Alex McBonehart is like very just focused, walking down the hallway, looking at this chart uh, because they cannot be bothered to listen to someone else explain the chart to them. As you continue walking, you know Sylvia is explaining exactly what you're reading and uh, this essential OBGYN miracle that happened to actual actor Owen Wilson as you read through the chart as uh, just unexpectedly uh, his genitalia switched overnight, Mm -hmm. essentially. And now we're working with a medical mystery of how this happened. 
So you enter the patient's room, and there you see him in all of his crooked nose glory. Uh, actor Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow, it's uh, real nice to meet you, Doc, as he goes up to shake your hand. Uh, yeah, nice to meet you. Uh, you know, I think this is a wonderful case for a brilliant OBGYN. Uh, but first, tell me about your reproductive goals. Um, to be honest with you, I don't really have a problem with what's going on. Um, everything's fine down there for me. I just want more of an answer, you know? My therapist says it's good for closure. Right, all right. So if you can't get my bits back, it's completely fine. Uh, but I, I am truly just seeking for closure there. All right, we will get to the bottom of this uh, wonderful journey that you have begun. And I do think that I have seen this before. So what I'm going to need to do is I'm going to need to do uh, an exam of first uh, your mouth uh, because that is the origin. Uh, that is, you know, the female reproductive system of the head. And so we're going to begin there with a sort of oral speculum, uh, if you will. And uh, just want to see if there's anything strange going on in there. Yeah, of course. You can get right up in there. Do you need my, like, arms in the stirrups then? I just, I, re- I was really geeked about putting my feet up in the stirrups for this exam. We'll get we'll get there we'll get there but yeah if you could go ahead and put your arms up in the stirrup uh, and then sort of face down here um, I know that this might be a different uh, different pose than you're used to for a dentist but remember I am not a dentist yeah of course of course he lays down on the bed you know just kind of like a teen girl reading a teen beat magazine on the tummy arms in the stirrups his hands underneath his chin as he just lets out a large wow to open up his mouth for you i think it's at this point i'll have you draw a card uh to see how uh, this examination goes and how the scene resolves six of diamonds all right another red card as you're searching through Owen Wilson's mouth, you find something peculiar. You're so bright, Alex. <laughs> and you knew exactly what you were looking for. But when Owen Wilson opens his mouth, you don't find that. Instead, in some, I guess, either crevice, maybe a cavity, or a misplaced molar, you look back there. You see a tiny rubber duck. Yes. <laughs> now, Owen, uh, listen here. I don't want you to think that I am some sort of quack, uh, because this is not a humorous show. Uh, I am a very serious doctor, but it is clear that you have a case of mallard molaritis. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get this treated right away uh but first i need to ask do do you want this do you do you want a cure or do you want to live with the miracle of the female reproductive system i mean honestly i'm just in for the ride you know so uh if we if we can fix the maladies i'm also just having uh, very serious tummy issues at the same time so if like we can work on those tummy issues and like I said, if I get my bits back, it's fine. 
If not, I'm fine rocking this. That is wonderful news. Great news. And we can talk to you. You know, you don't have many reproductive years left. Uh, so we need to get on that uh, real quick here, Owen Wilson. Um, but uh, I am happy to work with you in this. And, you know, coincidentally, though I am not a dentist, I am working on a paper on mallard molaritis. Uh, and so I would love to dive into this to sort of publish uh, this and maybe uh, win an award as a brilliant uh, OBGYN. I mean, anything that helps you, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help for you. I appreciate how uh, how welcoming you're being uh, patient, Owen Wilson. As your doctor, I really appreciate your openness to my process. <laughs> as you get to work uh, starting up your paper on Malader. <laughs> Molarditis. Uh, we cut away to another section of the hospital as we find Dr. Ladala Bean. Kate, describe Ladala for us. Yeah, Ladala is a uh, short but stocky uh, woman who has uh, kind of like mousy brown hair and, and these like big red grass glasses that are very like kind of thick rimmed and really pop, you know? And she is, like, hustling. She's just gotten into work. She's hustling around with her cup of coffee, like, checking some, stopping at the desk to check charts. And is, like, just power walking through, uh, through the hospital to her office, where she kind of sits down and, and looks at her list of patients for the day. Um, she's a dermatologist, so mostly she pops pimples for people, but... Uh, there's some more serious things happening in, in dermatology, so depends on the day. As you're going through your patients, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, pimp, it's specifically like pimple removals for the pimple removal videos. Um, mm. You're seeing a large influx of those, those just trying to cash in on the YouTube fame yeah. of she, pimple popper doctors. She actually has, she just has bought a like little stand for her iPhone so that she can actually start creating some, some media material. She like, she's new to the hospital. She just started maybe a few weeks ago and uh, she just wants to prove herself. She wants to, to be the best. She wants to be well known, but right now she's kind of a nobody. So trying to make a name for yourself, you're eventually brought a chart about a specialty case. And since you're pretty new, it might be your first uh, specialty case here at Sappho Memorial Hospital. As one of the elderly nurses, she's wonderfully plump in every nature. She's won you know, Nurse of the Year multiple times for her kind and caring attitude in the, f- the field of dermatology. We've got Laverne. Uh, Laverne comes over, and um, I got a case for you, sweetie. Oh, excellent. What is it? All right, you're going to follow me this way. Uh, and she leads you to the the uh, case room oh. for the d- dermatology <laughs> department. And right. every department in this hospital has a specific special case room, as is allotted to them in their yearly budget. And as you head into there, uh, Anna Marie, if you'd mind explaining this patient for me. Yeah, um, so I am named Jim. Jim is noticeably turning green. Uh, uh, just bright, like a bright, vivid green uh, sort of spreading out from his chest. Oh my. 
Oh my, this is marvelous. Hi, I am Dr. Ladala Bean. I'll be taking care of you today. Jim, Jim McStern, I see. Okay, great. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Tell me. You know, I'm feeling a little uh, green. Uh, if uh, you catch my drift, I, uh, this just sort of started the other day, Doc. Uh, can you can you help me out? I, you know, I will do my very best. I was just reading a few articles about uh, skin discoloration, and normally it's for like browns and things like that. But this, ooh, this is excellent. Okay, so she just leans in. She's like, like snaps on her gloves really intensely. And kind of like leans into his chest and is like just kind of probing through his chest hair and like trying to find like really like pushing on it. She's very kind of like touchy in a way that I mean, it makes sense. She's a doctor, but it's just kind of like very intense, you know. Um, And uh, I think, okay, I it it appears to me that you might, your skin might actually be processing things light, maybe differently. So uh, here, let me, um, hmm. Uh, I want to like take a, like she wants to like scrape some skin cells off basically and take them to like a microscope to like look at what's going on with them. So you're able to scrape off a little bit of uh, Jim's (laughs) McStern's skin with his permission uh, comes off pretty easily and I think at this point I'll have you draw to see how this scene resolves. <laughs> There's a joker that's not supposed to be a joker so draw again. Okay. <laughs> a diamond. Another red card. Alright. As you're looking under the microscope I believe you're watching this, you know, mitosis of cells happening as these green cells are replicating at an unnatural rate. You have a general idea of what this might mean, though. I thought so. Jim, you have a very special case of, of, of phrenitis. And what phrenitis is, is actually when your skin starts taking in sunlight and actually producing, you start acting like a plant. It's super rare. It's fine. I mean, your body is producing CO2 uh, into the body in and that's kind of a problem really you know it you want it it, you're kind of short-circuiting your breathing in a way but uh uh we're we're gonna take good care of you i i can i got this i got you doc uh, uh what does this mean for uh sunlight exposure oh mm, that's a good question because you know I'm going to say we need to keep you out of the sun for now because more sunshine could actually really exacerbate the problem. And if you were to totally turn, you know, if if this gets out of hand, you might have a lot of other issues in terms of how your internal organs function. I've uh, taken a job in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and I need to be there by the end of the week. Uh, I'm a construction worker. Uh, Do you think we can work with this? I'm going to do my best, sir. You you are looking at... I, you know, I might be, I'm new to this. I shouldn't tell you that. Um, I'm going to do my best. (laughs) I trust you, Doc. I believe in you. Thank you. 
As you go through this exchange, Ladala, you head over instinctively to the blinds of the room and close them for Jim, in which you begin to feel a rumbling in your scrubs as you feel the vibration of a phone call, or at least a text message notification. I take out my phone and I, I look at my text. You, we see a nice little pan of the previous, uh, the person you're texting. It just has a lover and then a heart emoji next to it. And we see previous text of uh, happy first day, you know, happy second day at the hospital as you go through. As you eventually read a text that says, we need to talk about the separation, is the most recent text you see. Mm-hmm. We smash cut, or actually we match cut, to another hospital room in Sappho's Memorial Hospital. As Olivia Tate is looking at her cell phone, we see the same text message as she has just sent this message to Ladala. <sighs> Do you respond immediately, Ladala? I think Ladala probably leaves her on read for a little bit. Like, she's going to go get another cut, like, continue doing her work. She tries to ignore it and then responds with, do you, do you mean here at work? Uh, you get another text back that says, if you have any free time today, I'm also working on a case. I understand. I mean, I send back, I just got a really, really big case, but I guess I can make some time. After work, then, question mark. Yeah, I mean, I should be... Yes, that sounds fine. We could go. Do you want to meet at Steve's bar across the street? Uh, you get a thumbs up emoji back. And then, you know, typically at the end of every conversation, Ladala, you'd get, you know, the usual message you would get from Olivia, which is, love you, my little bean. And then you see the three dots pop up, and then the three dots go away without a message. <laughs> Ladala just kind of puts her head up against a wall for a long time. <laughs> How to save a life by the fray starts playing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I think the bit of this entire episode is that any dramatic moment, I'm just going to have the opening of How to Save a Life yes. play. Yes. And then never play the full song. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> As we we fully switch over to Olivia's scene, she puts her her phone in her front white coat's pocket, and she turns around to Steve McClasson and says, I, I, I really apologize for that. Just texted my wife. I gotta say, I'm, I'm really enamored by your feet, Steve. I just, how much work did you put into these? Oh, the, I was just born with them. I get it a lot. I just, um, do you do anything, you know, like, um, you know, <laughs> a lot of people on the internet play, pay a lot of money uh, to see pictures of pretty feet like these. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I post stuff on the internet, but, um, during the day I, I run the bar across the street. It's Steve's bar. It's, it's my bar. You're, you're, you're Steve of Steve's bar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. I've been, I've been going there since medical school, and I haven't seen you one time. Oh, I'm, I'm mostly in the back. Don't you worry about me. Uh, more accounting stuff. But, wow, you you know my bar. It's such a small yeah, thing. I, 
No, I, I love it. I mean, that's that's where I I went every day after a tough case, and that's where I met. And then Olivia kind of trails off a little bit, staring into the middle distance. Well, hey, so. hey, are are you going there today? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I am. Um, been having a little bit of issues uh, with the wife, and well, just uh, communication's been hard. She. Started working at the same hospital as me right here at Sappho's Memorial Hospital. And, uh, you know, communication's been tough. And I just, I feel, I've always felt strained in this relationship, you know, me being inextricably older than she is. Uh, I just, I just feel, you know, of a different time than her. And sometimes I feel like I should just let her go and live her life, but deep down, I... God damn it, I love her. Well, then bring her to my bar and I'm gonna give you free drinks all night. All night. You fixed my toe. That's that's my living. That's my legacy. You can have whatever you want. God, Steve, I love you. As uh, Olivia Tate gets closer, Ezra, I want you to draw a card yes. for my patient twist. Yes. That's a black... That's a black there, Dennis. An eight. A black eight. Financial legal complications. <laughs> As a team of lawyers <laughs> bust in through the room, uh, briefcases in hand. Oh, no. One of one of them flashes their lawyer badges. You know they have those <laughs> uh, to let you know they're real lawyers. Flash their ace attorney badge. Johnson of Johnson, Johnson and Johnson. Uh, we're here for Steve Glasson. That, that's me, hello! As Olivia will look over to Steve as the, the lawyers kind of surround Steve in his bedside. Mr. Glasson, did you know that there's a very specific clause in your bar's contract with the state that should you suffer an injury, specifically of the foot kind, the state is liable and will repossess your entire bar. Uh, his his jaw drops, like, unhinges, Looney Tune unhinges, and just goes, but, but that's, that's the second part of my life. My feet are the first part. This is the second, my bar. You can't take my bar from me. As Olivia will step in between Steve and the lawyer, she'll throw her arm out in front of Steve, protecting him. But, and then I'm gonna draw a card to see how this scene resolves. Oh, three of spades. It's a black card. No, my uh, Olivia's gonna stick her neck out for Steve regardless. She goes over to the x-ray viewer and kicks it on to show Steve's foot and Olivia begins to lie to the lawyer saying there is no damage to his feet here alright you can show this to any podiatrist and they will agree that Steve suffered no injury to his little toesies as the lawyers kind of murmur amongst themselves and they go alright alright um if you don't mind we'll take that x-ray and we'll confirm with a, another podiatrist here in your hospital and just so you know we're also medical lawyer doctors. <laughs> so if you're, you know, caught here, this will be malpractice. 
and we'll have your doctor's badge. <laughs> Everyone in this world has badges for jobs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> As Olivia looks at Steve, uh, thinks about Ladala, and then nods and hands over the x-ray. We cut over to Dr. Insert last name as <laughs> Tiffany, how's, how's it going? So, uh, Tiffany walks back into the room. Uh, this cut is a little bit in the future. Uh, she's had time to really look over the book and, um, fun facts about Tiffany. She just really, really likes some of the oldies. So she's listening to Depeche Mode and, um, wants to go click another Depeche Mode video on YouTube, but this one looks a little weird and it, it plays another oldie song and suddenly it all clicks. So she bursts into the room. And she goes, I figured it out. And then she just walks over without any, like, no matter what the patient says, she just walks over and goes, what song were you listening to? Uh, I mean, I, I normally play just classical music, but the, the, I was in the backyard and, and the kid next door was. Exactly. The kid next door was playing a song. They were yes. playing Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. And she flips open the book and she points to every word that you've said. <laughs> yes, you were talking about tulips. You were talking about them in the garden. And you said new fertilizer. N uh -huh. for never. Uh -huh. And she lists out every word on your thing and each yes. of the first letters spell out Never gonna give you up. I can't. I can't believe it. <laughs> and then she dramatically turns around and plays Never Gonna Give You Up out loud. And I'm going to roll for my thing. Well, what we're gonna have. Go for we're it. We're gonna have Kate roll for the competition. Yeah, okay, first. great. Okay. So Kate is the patient. You'll roll for the, the twist. Great. Okay. I drew a six. Okay, which means wise elder. <laughs> <laughs> and what wiser an elder? What wiser elder? Than, than Rick Astley himself. <laughs> <laughs> As <laughs> Mrs. Beth Turney, who shows up to the hospital, but your husband himself, and there's a gasp amongst the room as we switch views between the YouTube video and the man in the doorway, <laughs> but to see Rick Astley himself. Oh, Rick, I think she figured it out. I don't, I don't know how we're going to get through this, though. I, I promised you the same things as I did in my song, <laughs> but it's my livelihood. I, I can't give that up. Uh-huh. I... I understand. I don't... I don't... Why? I don't want to give you up. <laughs> I don't... As Beth begins kind of like woozing in between consciousness and yeah. unconsciousness yeah. as she's getting these words out. 
<laughs> Rick comes up to her and holds her a little bit and looks at Tiffany, insert last name. Please tell us there's something you can do. Um, and I'll have you draw for the end of the okay. scene, Ezra. Hell yeah. That is a nine of diamonds. Alright, with a nine, you're able to think of something brilliant, something that might turn this entire case around. Tiffany. I'm not gonna give that to you. Yes. (laughs) I think I know what we need to do, but it's going to be very difficult for me. I have to put my hand on your teeth and play Never Gonna Give You Up like a piano using your teeth as the keys. Can you do this for me? Do you think it'll really work? I'm absolutely positive. I'm a dentist. (laughs) With that defiant statement, we transfer out of that seat. (laughs) Do you think a DDS has ever said that? (laughs) Don't worry, I'm a dentist. (laughs) Dentist, I can do this. As we switch over to Alex McBonehart and Owen Wilson, as you're going through it, uh, Sylvia's kind of looking over as you're probably at the front desk looking over some medical journals on how to work with this kind of truly insufferable disease. Like, if if you're out there with what was it again? Mallard <laughs> Mallard molaritis. Mallard Mulleritis, please. There's a lot of us out there. Um, call the hotline. Sylvie's <laughs> um, so kind of she's leaning into you, uh, obviously enamored with your brilliance, Alex. Um, she's got a very low-cut shirt on uh, and very bright lipstick. Um, so, how do you think you're gonna take this one on, Doctor? She's swaying from side to side. Well, I think we need to get to the heart of the matter. The bone heart of the matter, which is the teeth, uh, which is like the vagina is the heart of the body. The teeth are the heart (laughs) of the bone system. Uh, And uh, wait, Sylvia. And then Alex sort of looks at Sylvia for the first time. I didn't know they made scrubs like that. Oh, yeah, um, I made these myself. You didn't really seem to notice, um, but I thought these were really fun. <laughs> it's just like, it's also the basic, like, Scooby-Doo scrubs, but then she's just cut in a nice deep V into them. Just like, you um, can see the, like, raggedy scissor bits. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, and Alex is like, hmm, those look a little, uh, broken. I think you should get some new ones here. And I like toss some like 4XL um, <laughs> like uh, pink with blue um, little hearts on them uh, and just like here you go. Uh, they just like cover her as she like tries to scoop them up as they fall off her body. Yes. Um, yeah, of course. Whatever you want, Alex. Um, as she kind of bundles them up. Um, but anyway, how's the patient right now and in classic medical drama fashion i'm gonna roll for owen wilson's uh (laughs) patient twist to (laughs) 
communication problem as uh, a code blue begins being called um, for specifically Owen Wilson's room, uh, room 203. You rush over to his room as Owen Wilson is in a delirious state. Uh, His leg's still up in the stirrups, but he's fighting off nurse after nurse that's trying to uh, just trying to hit him with a nice little shot of Ativan to calm him down. As you you hear it, just as he's screaming out, it's ringing through the hallways, just quack, 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 as the maladeritis is rapidly increasing. All right, we need to get him wet, stat, says Alex. McBonart. <laughs> so, uh, they, uh, Alex begins pushing the curtain down, uh, down the hallway, uh, running full speed, people jumping out of the way, uh, to, of course, the hospital's, um, physical therapy, uh, pool, yes. I- uh, ice bath type thing, right? Yep, yep. Um, and there, is, uh, we go running in, and, uh, I say, out of the way! Um, and then just plunge Owen Wilson's head into the water. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have you uh, draw to see how the scene resolves. Eight of Hearts. Wow. Wonderful. As you keep on dunking Owen Wilson's head underwater, like just a terrible time at Guantanamo Bay. Uh, <laughs> you bring his head up finally. Um, as, you know, every time he goes under, it's quack 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 wow. 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 Dr. McBonehart, you you did it. For a moment there, all I was doing was quacking. Yes, Owen. uh, In my research on Mallard Molaritis, uh, I discovered that, you know, Mallards, they live in the water. uh, and, And ducks, they like a bath. Uh, and so when we combine uh, our, our knowledge of ducks with our knowledge of, of mallards, uh, which are different, um, they're not the same thing, which is not true. Poor Alex, he's been misinformed. But the writers really had to phone it in this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, we just need to release the ducks into the bath. That's all it was the whole time. You just needed a bath for your mouth re- <laughs> mouth fertilizer teeth. Wow, I'm, I'm really glad you figured that one out. As the camera pans, you see character actor Richard Kind is also in the ice bath. He's just been chilling. Uh, he's treating it like his own private spa as there's a shocking moment as Owen Wilson begins coughing. And then <laughs> the classic cough into hand Look at it. It's not blood. It's a green feather. <laughs> we cut to uh, Ladala. Ladala, how's it? How's it going with Jim? Uh, so Ladala has moved Jim to the darkest room in the hospital. She takes him uh, to basically a, a closet and and has sat him in there and. You know, it's just has told him to just wait. She's left him in there for a while uh, and is coming back to check on him. So she opens the door. 
as the light kind of creaks open to reveal uh, a little bit of a still it's it's not as bad but Jim is still getting greener at the moment it's as I feared it's it's spreading I we're gonna have to take some more drastic steps Jim and you know there are lots of opinions out there on how to actually solve this some people think that you know actually just removing all the skin and doing a full skin transplant is the way to go and i don't feel that way because it's a little too intense but what i do think is what we could do is actually just graft a bunch of other skin on you so it's kind of the opposite of a full skin transplant or yeah it's the opposite i want to give you double skin it's called the double skinectomy do you really think that might work, Doctor. Jim's getting really dried out at this moment. I think it could work because I think the new cells we will insert, we will basically graft on these this new skin on top of the old skin, and we're going to use a very fine mesh to, uh, to activate that grafting. And, and in doing so, I think we're going to be able to create an osmosis across the two types of skin. And extra skin will counteract this phrenitis skin. And hopefully with time, the new skin will just fully replace it. And, and look at it this way. You'll have, you'll, you'll have twice as tough skin. I don't know much about your fancy medicine doctor, but that sounds legitimate to me. Yes, yes, it's a very legitimate idea. Um, it's I do have to warn you, it's it's never been done before. It's it's just a theory right now. You would be the first. Um, I think at this point we'll have Anna Marie roll for the the patient twist. Let's see how this goes. Ten of Hearts, former lover or relative. <laughs> Interesting. I'll let you take this however you want to take it, Anna Marie. Okay. Doctor, if the procedure is successful, will I lose my plantness? I'd like to think that you'll retain some of the plantness, but not in the negative way by which it is uh, causing you to, to deteriorate as it is now. What, I mean, do any of us truly lose things that have affected us in such ways? Doctor, I have a confession. I am plant kin, and <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, uh, and I was in love with a tree, and she left me. No, she did. And I just, I want, and I want to feel connected to her. And and this phrenitis, this, I feel. I feel connected. But it's it's sucking the CO2 out. It it's it's sucking your life force out of you. That might just be the risk that I have to make for love. But if she she left you. Yes, but <laughs> I I just I I hear what you're saying. I just have also been going through someone leaving me who's significant to me and I don't I don't know if I would want to let them go either so you understand 
You want to hold on? To, you understand why I want to hold on to any piece of her that I can? I do. I do. Uh, uh, draw for me, Kate. <sighs> See how the scene resolves. Ooh, a heart. Yeah. Uh, come to terms with this, however you think your character would. Uh, you're getting you're getting closer to solving this, and maybe there is a way that you can make sure that uh, Jim doesn't dry out, but still retains his plant kidness. I think I can figure it out. I think there's a way that, you know, I can actually do a double-double genectomy where I will actually physically have to connect the tissues from the underskin to the overskin rather than doing the fancy mesh. I'll do it all by hand. Very delicate, delicate work. And in that way, I think I'll be able to preserve some of that skin, some of that feeling of your love for your tree and and of and your plantness. And but also allow you to, to you know, not dry out. To live. Thank you for understanding, Doc. As you know, love is the most important thing we have in this world. Don't let it go. <laughs> As <laughs> you share this tender moment, uh, almost instinctively, Ladala, you bring out your phone, and you see as your phone's background the wedding picture of both oh. you and Olivia, uh, both dressed beautifully um, out in front of Niagara Falls, where you got married. Oh, it was such a beautiful day. She just like, clo- we're still in a dark closet, and she just closes the door to the dark closet, sits on the ground, and just, like, has a little cry. Opening notes of how to save a life to get We cut to commercial, and we come back for uh, the final act of the episode. As we get into, you know, the high stakes, usually it's always a surgery at the end of Heartbeats. But we switch it up a little uh, now in this season. Uh, Olivia's, instead of in the OR prepping for surgery, she's actually at a pre-mortem conference <laughs> in which the chief of medicine will <laughs> convene with, you know, the, the doctor lawyers to see if any <laughs> medical malpractice has happened pre-mortem as the rest of the podiatry team has been taking a look at Steve's X-ray, or... Yeah, Steve Glasson's x-ray. To see if Olivia was successful enough to perform that double-knuckledectomy. To make it seem as if Steve has never even injured his foot in the least bit so he can keep his bar. We see uh, Olivia kind of dressed in her best heading into this conference. We, st- we see Steve, he's still in his, his uh, medical gown. Uh, for the hospital, but he's also sitting in the waiting room with her as Olivia is just kind of quietly pacing around the room, uh, pontificating to herself, uh, essentially just waiting for Steve to break the silence. It's gonna be okay, he says eventually, with very little (laughs) confidence. Olivia looks up and then walks over to Steve and sits in the seat next to him. She's got her legs akimbo, and she puts her elbows on her knees and her hands uh, underneath her chin. I've been doing this for a long time. And I've only ever lied twice. 
under my doctor's oath. The first time is when I was saving my future wife, Ladala Bean's life. You know, big fans of the show will remember, you know, the season six finale uh, where we were introduced to Ladala. She was a Jane Doe that came in. Uh, there was, you know, a brain transplant that, you know, <laughs> Olivia uh, lied about because she is a podiatrist and not a brain surgeon. But she she did the surgery herself <laughs> to save Ladala's life. And that's how they fell in love. And then the second time I lied was for you, Steve. Now, there's not too much that's important to me other than Ladala, but your bars brought me so much goddamn joy throughout the years. He's sniffling just a little and like... if it wasn't for your bar later today, I don't... I don't know if me and Ladala are gonna make it. You have to make it. You lied for her. You lied for me. We have to make it. Look at my toe! It's as beautiful as it was the day I was born. Just bigger. It's gonna be fine. If they look at those x-rays, they can just look at my toe. They'll never know. As Olivia is looking at your toe, and she takes out her cell phone and takes a couple pictures. Um, <laughs> fans content. Uh, yes. <laughs> she's gotta keep up her side hustle. Being a world-famous podiatrist isn't paying the bills, apparently. <laughs> Oh, uh, we've already we've already planned our collabs. Like after she fixed us up, we uh, we planned our OnlyFans collab. <laughs> As you head into the premortem with Olivia, we see you know the doctor's council that presides over every medical case trial that happens in a premortem. We know we see the chief of medicine and the other people who work at hospitals. Mm-hmm. We don't need to name them. Let's yes. save some time. <laughs> where there's a nice large display uh, just like your basic x-ray viewing machine they kick it on and they've now blown up the x-ray as a team of podiatrists is kind of circled around it and then they all kind of nod amongst each other and then they go and whisper something into the chief of medicine's ear we see this uh, very tenured uh, older gentleman you know, kind of a silver fox, actually. Um, he was probably in the first couple seasons as a romantic option, but then kind of moved into a guest role uh, later in years. But it's nice to have him back. Um, as I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna draw to see how this case goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm scared. I'm terrified. <laughs> I really hope. I'm scared. Oh thank God! Ooh. Oh thank God! <laughs> as uh, the chief of medicine goes, we've confirmed with the rest of the podiatry team, you know, some of the world's best here at Sappho's Memorial Hospital, and as is noted in Dr. Tate's notations, uh, patient Glasson has not received any injury to his toe. As, you know, the audience that also watches medical court cases erupts in cheering. (laughs) As Olivia hugs Steve and then quickly heads to her phone and texts Ladala. Uh, can't wait to see you at Steve's later. And then we cut away from that scene as I think this will be fun. <laughs> we head to an OR as two surgeries are being prepped at the same time. It seems, 
you know, mostly just because it doesn't get any use. The DDS OR, the dentistry <laughs> OR, is doubly booked at this current moment as two surgeries are going on at once. Alex, uh, Owen Wilson's case is progressing pretty well, so you think of nothing else but to remove the tiny rubber duck in the cavity. But at the same time, Tiffany, insert last name, also needs to perform <laughs> her, her Rick Astley-dectomy <laughs> upon Mrs. Beth Turney. And uh, there's kind of a tense moment as both of you are uh, washing your hands to sterilize for this, because, you know, true fans know <laughs> season 14, episode 23. Tiffany was brought on to consult for a case for Alex McBonehart. And it's been the only case Alex has ever lost a patient. And it was through Tiffany's... uh, Was it a bad call, Tiffany? What happened there? Um, They... It was not a dental service that needed to be performed, but... Tiffany was so, so proud, so on her high horse. Um, fans hated her, honestly. Uh, so, so high up there that she walked in and w- even when she realized that this was not her forte, she she went in and tried to save this patient and just tried to work on their teeth and did not fix the problem. I think it was like a very good reversal of fortunes episode mm-hmm. where like Tiffany was on such a high that episode everything was going her way mm-hmm. like it was kind of her arc that season and then you know we get to the finale and it all kinds kind of comes tumbling down but yeah you're you're both uh, washing your hands sterilizing as you're you're standing next to each other both Tiffany and Alex uh, I'm shaking. I see her immediately. I'm about to touch teeth. I am visibly, like, I am a small chihuahua <laughs> of life right now. Uh, and Alex sort of looks over and goes like, have you done your research this time? <laughs> y- y- yes, yes, I, I have. Uh, I'm going to save their life. Are you, uh... Are you and Alex sort of take stock of of their life up to this point and is like Are you ready for this? Tiffany like freezes, like all shaking ceases, and she looks up with like near teared eyes and she goes Yeah. Yeah I am and I'm I'm gonna do it. Are you? Always. And Alex sort of has now put back on the Alex uh, McBoneheart persona, right? And it's like, yeah, good. Don't mess it up. As you both snap on your gloves completely sterilized. No, actually, I think a nurse helps you put on your gloves when you're sterilized. And you head in. And it's, you know, it's dueling surgeries as both of your patients are propped up in chairs back to back to each other. <laughs> as the surgeries get underway for Owen Wilson and Mrs. Beth Turney, as, you know, they haven't been put under yet, so Owen's just having a lovely conversation with Beth. Yeah, not a lot of people remember me in Armageddon, so it's it's really nice that you really enjoy- I really loved working with all those people. Steve Buscemi, Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. I- I- 
I, it's just, it, you're my favorite bit of that movie. You know, I mean, people really like the movie for others, but I mean, you just make it sing. Oh, yeah. People really love to bring up, you know, the commentary Ben Affleck did. Um, you know, you know, Michael Bay, he's a, he's a wonderful visionary, but yeah, not really great with the scripts. No, not really. I, I think, you know, you, you did your best with what you were given, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, yeah, if you want to talk after this, we can uh, we can exchange some stuff. Um, as <laughs> Fabian, the nurse from earlier, comes by and <laughs> puts the, the 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 mask on both of them, and is like, "I'll I'll help you out there. I'll just put them both under." I'm sorry that took so long. <laughs> <laughs> as we get to these these dueling surgeries, I want both Anna Marie and Ezra to to draw for me. Oh, I got a black queen. Ooh. Oh no! Both clubs. <laughs> I, uh, I think as the surgeries are taking place, it's it's a big mismatch because Alex, you're very set in your ways. You have a very certain way of doing things. You you put on some classical music to prepare for the surgery. Unfortunately, another song has to be played during the dueling surgery. So as, you know, this this Beethoven piece begins playing, it's immediately cut off. You're literally getting rickrolled during the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and just due to the nervousness, Tiffany, and working with teeth and the music switching back and forth, both of you are struggling with this surgery as we both get a dramatic flatline. Uh, a double flatline. Uh, both of you, both patients have flatlined during this teeth surgery. Uh, <laughs> we cut away to another section of the no. OR where Ladala is uh, working with Jim. Uh, if you want to go ahead and <laughs> explain the surgery again. Yeah, so I have Jim kind of suspended. Uh, there's actually like a bunch of like kind of, sh- it looks like strings, but they're a lot sturdier than that. They're like cables that are kind of suspending him almost like like Westworld, the, the intro. You know, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yep. And because she's going to do a full skin graft on top of existing skin. So she uh, has him kind of suspended in this way um, and is looking at him before he gets put under by the anesthesiologist. And it's just like, I'm going to do what I can for you, Jim. Okay. You're going to still feel that tree. You're gonna still feel feel them. Doc, if I if I don't make it through, will you plant me in the garden? Yes, I will. I will, Jim. But you're gonna make it through. Don't think like that, okay? You're gonna make it through. I just would like to put down roots one day, uh, yeah. and then the uh, the uh, uh, he goes to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And as you begin working, Ladala, uh, one of your nurses, uh, Laverne, is actually banging on the, the OR observation window as she has your phone up to the glass 
as it's a it's a text from Olivia saying that her case got cleared in celebration. So whether this you know either helps you during the surgery or hinders you, mm. I think that yeah we'll see uh, whenever you feel like drawing. Okay. So nervous. Oh. Uh, a spade, <laughs> a jack of spades. You know what they say: deaths come in three and sevens in hospitals. Yeah, that's, that's exactly true. That's exactly As... true. Yeah, so I think I'm like I'm working. It's a very long surgery, right? And so I've gotten, you know, I I meticulously work on the rest of the body, and then the, the, the basically the chest is where I'm I'm going to finish at, and that's like kind of right over the heart, and it's just. I can't, you know, I'm like working it. I have like, you know, the the little light on my head and sweat is pouring down and I'm just trying my best, but I can't quite get it. And my hand slips and I know that it's all just kind of unraveling. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I think he starts flatlining and I'm just like, no, no, damn it. Damn it, Jim. You can't do damn this. It, damn it, Jim. Not now. No, you're go. You're not going to be planted in the yard. You're going to put down roots in real life. You're going to live that life. And she like grabs the paddles and is like trying to yep. shock him back to life as he's suspended Westworld style. Because that makes a ton of sense. Uh, yep. Damn it, Jim. Damn it. No, no. As you you shock and shock, uh, it's the the flat line continues as one of the the OR nurses comes over and puts a hand on your shoulder and gently and politely just asks you, please call it. Time of death seven forty three, and then I rip off my my like the light thing on my head and I throw it on the ground and I run out to like get to get clean (laughs) and as you're scrubbing your hands tears fall from your face (laughs) that's the opening notes of (laughs) 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 so for ending this game I've been keeping track of everyone's cards and totals of reds over blacks. And uh, once the reach, once the uh, number of cards reaches over ten, that's roughly when to end the game. So we're at that point now, luckily. And we'll go through, and I'll reveal our reds and blacks as we finish out our scenes. And I think we're gonna start with Alex and Tiffany. I think we'll both be doing this in pairs for thematic reasons. But Alex and Tiffany, it's. After the surgery, <laughs> unfortunately, Beth Turney did not make it. Neither did actor Owen Wilson. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. I killed, I killed Rick As you, you head into the, the waiting room, you see waiting for their family members, both Rick Astley and Luke Wilson. <laughs> As there's, you know, How to Save a Life is still playing as you guys (laughs) explain that neither of them made it. Uh, You know, the the basic crying scene as you you go to... I assume Tiffany will hug Rick Astley as, you know, Luke Wilson will just be crying at the ground as Alex will be looking off. (laughs) 
we cut to, I think, later that evening, uh, Sylvie may have, Sylvia might have talked Alex to going into Steve's. As they're sitting there, Tiffany enters and takes a seat by you. And you guys can talk a bit and then I'll reveal your scores. So Alex is sort of not used to drinking, but is, uh, you know, not also used to losing patience. So today is a, um, a different day. And Sylvia has explained to Alex that, uh, Owen Wilson was a beloved actor. <laughs> and Alex is, uh, now feeling extra this cultural loss uh we see so. on the bars tv there's a news broadcast it's like breaking news nation mourns the death of Owen Wilson. Yes. Oh my God. and alex is like all right all right all right uh he never even got a pap smear not one damn pap smear and he sort of throws his drink down on the table Tiffany is crying like this. The, all three deaths, the one from one from season four, episode 28 and these two, these are all her fault. It was because she had to touch teeth. The other one was a teeth injury of the rubber duck variety. One that had she handled, had she helped the actor from earlier? Kevin. Yeah. Richard's uh, kind. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, This she would have been able to to use her knowledge to help, but she was too busy not knowing the notes to never going to give you up well enough looking at sheet music that she had to illegally download uh, on her phone. It just wasn't working and she's just crying and taking shots and saying very drunkenly how she's going to quit and how she's a disgrace to her family line. And <laughs> It's incoherent babbling at this point. Uh, so take this however you want to take it. I have some ideas if you don't. But both of you rolled two reds and one black. Thus overall, this episode has been a success for both of you. And I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Feel free to do whatever you feel like your characters would do like. But I just feel like this is a very emotional moment. And there's this woman who has no emotion. And there's this woman who has too many emotions. <laughs> And I, I just, God, there just hasn't been enough kissing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you are all that I've thought about since the day I killed your patient on my mind 24-7. And it's all my fault. <laughs> Alex doesn't say anything. They just reach over, grab, sorry, what, Tiffany. <laughs> Alex doesn't even. No, Alex doesn't have time for names, uh, and just grabs her face and kisses her, and it sort of goes on for a moment, and Alex sort of leans back and is like, huh, that worked. I have stopped crying. I am now in shock. Tears are still down my face, but they're, they're drying up, and I just go, that was really nice. Thank you. Uh, and Alex, oblivious to poor Sylvia sitting right there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sylvia, broken. Oh. Uh, just uh, leans back in for some more kissing with uh, the name of the doctor, insert name here. Yeah, 
<laughs> and all yeah. all of my emotional vulnerabilities i'm in i'm just i don't care who is kissing me quite frankly i'm too drunk to know who's kissing me even though i said like the right words earlier like i didn't know if i was saying them to the right person i just as you both passionately embrace you know we get a very clear setup that you know sylvia is probably going to be this season's villain uh, so we're, we're kind of marking that up for the rest of the season. We cut away uh, outside Steve's bar, right outside. There's a there's a beautiful garden as we watch Ladala just finishing up potting former Jim McStern, mm-hmm. uh, a little sapling into the ground. It's raining out, by the way. Of course it is. <laughs> as, you know, just... A few steps away, uh, Olivia walks up in a rain slicker. Uh, she's got an umbrella. You want me to help you keep you dry, or? I guess. As uh, Olivia will walk over to you and put the umbrella halfway out so it's covering the both of you. Okay. Uh, Ladala just stands up. She's like, her knees are covered in dirt and she's soaking wet because she doesn't have a jacket on. She doesn't have an umbrella. She just says, you just wanted to feel, feel close, feel close to them, you know? And I couldn't give, I couldn't give him that. He would rather have died. I would die to be with you. Hey, hey, look at me, look at me. As Olivia cup Ladala's cheek and her hand and bring her a little bit closer. Uh, this is where I'll reveal that, like everyone, actually everyone in this game, both Kate and I got two reds and one black. So this episode was a success for us. I don't, I don't know what I was talking about earlier about the separation. I, all I know are two things in life. One of them, and this will be a hard life lesson for you. Sometimes you're not going to be able to save that patient. All right. The thing I know in my life. The doll. I love you. I love you too, Olivia. And I kiss her. Oh. Yeah, we kiss. <laughs> we embrace. Let's go! the umbrella. As the rain almost pours down harder, creating a nice little bubble where we're safe, dry, and warm. <laughs> As I believe at this point we will have finished How to Save a Life. <laughs> As the ending piano plays. This is where we'll end our episode of Heartbeats for today and our session. Thank you all so much for listening (laughs) to this episode of Heartbeats. I'll come up with a title for the episode later. Uh, But thank you all so much for listening and enjoy another episode of uh, One Shot of Palooza 2, One Shot of Toulouse. Go to sleep variables. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.